The Nevada caucuses are this week, but it seems the race for the Democratic nominee is between only two candidates. Trump should be dancing into the next four years. This should be a slam dunk for him. He may win 46, 47 states. But like most who are always way ahead in the lead, they start working to lose it. It's like watching an NBA game. It's terrible. Let's take a look at the Democratic field and how Trump can beat them. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, here we are. Let's get on. We had a big, long lecture last week. Of course, I skipped the last day because I figured it was just a waste of time. I didn't want to talk about it. So let's go into the Democratic candidates. Let's go into the nomination process. Then let's talk about Trump. What can he do about it? Well, so far, the front where the nomination looks like it's going to be Bernie Sanders. And it looks like he's actually going to get the win. Uh, He's going to win the nomination to the real heartfelt hurt of the Democrats. They don't want Bernie Sanders. They don't see him as a viable candidate for president, and he's not. Um, He tied in Iowa, but won nine uh, delegates in Iowa, so he ended up with the same delegates. Pete Buttigieg technically won, but they ended up with the same delegates, so it's basically a tie. And he won New Hampshire, and now they're going to Nevada, and he has a seven point lead in Nevada, uh, including, he has a seven point lead in Nevada. He's followed by Biden, who honestly is done if he doesn't win Nevada, because he's not going to do great in South Carolina, I don't think. Um, followed by Warren, Steyer, Buttigieg, and Klobuchar. Buttigieg and Klobuchar really show you something about this whole race. We're going to get into that later, but first we've got to talk about Bernie. Um, Bernie is looking more and more like he's going to be the nominee, which is scaring the crap out of the Democrats. His message is socialism combined with no apparent plan for any of his policies. So he keeps saying, hey, I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to pay for that. You're not going to have to pay for this or that or anything. But he has no plans. He doesn't know where he's going to get the money. He doesn't know where anything is going to come from. This is going to be a laid feast. For Donald Trump when it comes. Here's one thing. I want you to listen to Bernie when in this little clip, because this clip really shows a lot about Bernie and his effectiveness as a politician. And by the way, he's never been effective as a politician. He's a worthless guy, old man. He's a communist. He's done nothing in his 30 years of politics. He did nothing before his 30 years of politics. This guy is just a worthless old guy. So, but listen to this and we'll talk about it right after. You want the government to pay for everyone's health care. I want the United States to do what every other major country on earth does, guarantee health care to all people as a human right. But you've been confronted by voters on the campaign trail and acknowledge that there will be job losses as a result of such a plan. Is that a hard sell that your plan yeah, is going to Yeah, if it were cost- true, it might be a hard sell. The American people want a health care system that works for them, not for huge profits for the drug companies who are ripping us off every day and the insurance companies. At the end of the day, we will create more jobs. Will there be some job loss? Yes, there will. We're going to create more jobs. We need more doctors, we need more nurses, we need more psychologists and psychiatrists to help us deal with the opioid epidemic. There'll be a net plus of jobs. You are a self-proclaimed socialist. Democratic, put in there, please. Thank you. Your agenda has promised free health care, 
for everybody, free college tuition, and to pay off people's college loans. The price tag for that is estimated to be $60 trillion over 10 years, correct? Well, look, we have political opponents. You don't, know, come up. You don't know how much your plan costs? You don't know. Nobody knows. This is impossible. You're going to gonna propose a plan to the American people and you're not going to tell them how much it costs? Of course I will. You know exactly what health care costs will be. One minute. In the next 10 years, if we do nothing, it will be a lot more expensive than a Medicare for all single payer system. Okay, and this is where Bernie Sanders has some real problems. First off, everything he speaks of is in platitudes. Someone asks him a question about his policy, and he doesn't sit back and give them answers about his policy. So, um, you want to pay for, you want the United States to pay for people's health care, and then come the platitudes. I want everyone to, I want the government to do what every other country in the world does. I want this. I want that. Again, no answers, just platitudes. And then. She sits back, by the way, she calls him a demo, she calls him a socialist. He said, please, democratic socialist. What she should have said is, what's the difference between a socialist and a democratic socialist? Because the reality is, there's really no difference. Most socialists end up democratic socialists. Don't forget, uh, East Germany was called the German Democrat Socialist Party. It, it's... There's no difference between a socialist and a democratic socialist. And with Bernie, there's no difference between his socialism and communism. But then he sits back and he's asked, how much is, you're going to spend $60 trillion in 10 years. How are you going to pay for this? And what does he say? Oh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Well, I mean, you're running for president here. Here's the thing. Bernie Sanders knows how he's going to pay for it. He's going to pay for it by raising taxes between 65 and 90%, depending on what class you are. And by the way, middle class is not getting away with nothing. They're going to end up being at 50, 60, 65%. Anyone who thinks different is insane. But see, here's the thing. This is going to be a huge problem with Bernie and Trump. Trump will kill him on this stuff. Trump's got the strongest economy, and anyone can say, well, this was Obama's... Okay, whatever. But the reality is, he's got the strongest economy out there. Why do you want to change it to something so extreme? And Bernie's going to have to come up with some answers. Now, I think he'll win the nomination simply because the base is so far left. They'll go for it. But when middle America actually sees this, moderate America actually sees this crap, there's no way... It's very possible that Trump could win 46, 47 states. But Bernie has another problem. It's his supporters. And like Bernie, they're crazy. As you saw last week, in Carson City, Nevada, Bernie was, had a speech interrupted by the topless dairy protest industry, industry po protesters. These people don't believe that you should be able to, um, you should be able to milk cows and stuff like that. It's a real weird sect. I mean, it's really weird. And Bernie looked really bad in this whole thing. And yes, they were topless. They were running around with, they were running around with their boobs hanging out. It wasn't anything to look at. You can go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and look at the video. Bernie's group tried to cut this video off. They actually cut everything off. 
But they didn't quite make it. And of course, the internet, hey, we've always got it. So uh, let's let's listen let's listen to this as much as you can hear. problem with Bernie. His crazy supporters are not going to go away. They're going to pull this crap in a national debate against Trump and they're going to look just as crazy as they did in this. Women running around, boobs hanging out. and they, No, this is not what middle America wants. Regular America does not want anything to do with this. It's just way too crazy. And so what's worth this Garbage is, isn't going to stop him from winning the nomination. He's going to win the nomination. And this crap is going to follow him. It's not going to go away. And you can see how Bernie gets frustrated with it. He doesn't want this stuff. So now let's talk about the true competition. The only one who stands a chance against Bernie and might actually give Donald Trump a run in 2020 is Michael Bloomberg. Uh, he has spent hundreds of millions of dollars, about $400 million on campaign ads, and he shows up everywhere for rallies. He is flooding the media with his face. Now, there are some things that Bloomberg is going to have some problems with. Uh, the first, he's an old white guy worth about $60 billion, actually a little bit above $60 billion. He's really short, and that, and he is being seen as someone who's trying to buy the nomination, and he is. He is not competing in the first five, uh, see, uh, four states. He is hoping that Super Tuesday he can take it all. This message is completely different from what all the other candidates are saying. They are demonized. They've been demonizing billionaires since last year, and they're demonizing him. He doesn't care. He's just going to keep going. And that's why I think Bloomberg will eventually fade into the dust, though, because the left base is not going to tolerate another old white guy who, by the way, looks old, looks white, is really short. He does not hold any position of authority over anybody. And he hasn't really said anything. There's been no... There has been no policy that he's thrown out there. As a matter of fact, this was a Republican who became a Democrat, and his policies as a Republican were pretty close to what Trump and Giuliani and all those had. It's not working. The biggest example, and this was something that came out last week, was stop and frisk, which Bloomberg was a supporter for. And by the way, I'm a supporter for stop and frisk. I thought it was a great plan. And stop and frisk is actually gun control. So he actually supported stop and frisk. Listen to what he says. But you need to listen to what he says because it is not, uh, not in the least woke. And it sounds like a big rich guy making comments about the little people. 
put those cops where the crime is which means in the minority neighborhoods. The way she gets the guns out of the kids' hands is uh, to throw them against the wall and frisk them. Now again, I don't have a problem with stop and frisk. I have been stopped and frisked more than once because I just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I think it really cleaned up New York City. And cops are smart. They can tell when someone's carrying a gun. But here, but here's the thing. It's not woke. And that's going to be a problem with the base left. And that's going to hurt him. But that wasn't the only, quote, scandal, end quote, that he had. There are a couple more that are actually far more serious. Well, one's more serious than the other. One is where he apparently told a pregnant newlywed to kill the baby so she could keep working. In other words, he was pushing abortion. She ended up suing. Uh, They settled out of court. Incidents gone. Whatever. But the fact is, it came out. And in a video that was released on Monday, he held, was holding a presser saying that farming was so easy, anyone could learn it. Just dig a hole, put some seeds in the hole, cover it, water, and voila, you've got corn. That's just not a real smart thing to say. And if one week they got three different sound bites of him saying things and they've already got a lawsuit they're going to have he's going to have some real problems so mike bloomberg by the way couldn't be a farmer for his life if it if his life depended on it i i think it's absolutely hysterical that anyone say anything about this so but whatever um all this crap was in the last week i'm pretty sure we're going to hear more Bloomberg does not have a chance. He will be done. He will be done, if not after Super Tuesday, really close after. So now let's talk about the false competition. These are people, um, they're dead in this race, but they just refuse to give up. They actually think they all still have a chance, and they honestly don't. Okay, Pete Buttigieg, he tries to be a moderate but he's also trying to be a radical. Not a good look. He just said that illegal aliens should have health insurance. And the Bible Belt just about just found out that he's gay and married to another man. That doesn't even touch on the fact that people in his own city hate him. Combine that with the fact he's for partial birth abortion and he rips anybody who reads the Bible that doesn't believe in him. It's not going to be good. So good for him that he did well in Iowa and New Hampshire. Reality will hit in Nevada and South Carolina. Super Tuesday is going to do him in if Nevada doesn't. And right now, he is literally fourth or fifth in Nevada. So he's, he's pretty much toast. Amy Klobuchar, who is actually a moderate, and I think she might do well if she debates with Trump, because she said doesn't believe in socialism. She was the only one on the stage that did not raise her hand when they talked about socialism. She, she might be okay. But here's the problem with her. And it's, it's a very surface problem. It's not a great reason to not like her. But the reality is this is important in politics. 
She doesn't look good. She's short. She talks funny, and she combs her hair with a with she combs her hair with a uh, fork because she was pissed off at her um, at her uh, one of her uh, one of her workers because they didn't have a comb. She's weird. She's done. She again is looking at fifth, sixth, fourth, fifth, sixth in Nevada. So she's pretty much done. Um, Tom Steyer. He's projected to do actually pretty well in Nevada, but he's done garbage in Iowa and New Hampshire. And be honest with you, the change control debate only goes so far. He's done. Not to mention, he kind of appears like kind of a wuss. He seems scared of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. So he he's, doesn't have the look to him. Um... He might get a delegate in Nevada, though. That'll be good for him. Tulsi Gabbard, she's really hot, but she's holding at 0% of the vote. Chow, baby, she'll be done after Nevada. And if she's not, it means she's getting money from somewhere. I don't know where she's getting money, but uh, she's pretty much done. Two candidates left that I haven't talked about, but... I would like to say good night, my prince and my princess. Uh, they really had a chance at one point. Then the public realized one was a stone-cold liar and the other one died about 18 months ago. So they are completely done. Elizabeth Warren is the best and she's done. She lies so much. She is just hysterical. I want her to stay in the race. I want her to stay in the race worse than Bernie. She may actually pick up more states than Bernie. But she, because she'd be really fun. Trump would destroy her. There's no question. I would have loved to see it. Um, he would have just been, he would have destroyed her. It would have been absolutely hysterical. It would have been pure entertainment. It would have been reality TV. Well, we have a couple of weeks left, and she is the epitome of the pander bear. She knows she has nothing. She Her policies suck. She's had to go move away from her policies. Don't be shocked if she calls herself a Native, Native American transgender Muslim lesbian woman from Somalia to try and get the intersectional vote. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to matter. I think her DNA test has actually destroyed that. It's not going to happen. Rest in peace, Chief Warren. As I said before, rest in peace, Joe Biden. I'm pretty sure uh, Biden's campaign is weakened at Bernie's right now. Right, He probably has one of his dumbest supporters putting his hand up his Biden's butt and making him his lips move and making him say things. The problem is Biden's dentures keep slipping and he still sounds like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, listen I, Listen to this garbage. This is from Gravian. And if this doesn't say, Bert, um, Biden, you're done, I don't know what does. Hi, my name is Madison, and I'm an econ student at Mercer University. And, oh, awesome. Um, so I'm going to be a little bit mean for a second, okay? So, <laughs> um, 
Um, so you're arguably the candidate with the greatest advantage in this race. You've been the vice president. You weren't burdened down by the impeachment trials. So, how, or in the participation. So how do you explain the performance in Iowa, and why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? It's a good question. Number one, I was a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're, now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. It was a... I don't know what that means, but I know it's a, a John Wayne reference, I guess, what someone said, but that sounds pretty bad. Um, and the question would be, Why? Why? Well, I mean, that wasn't it for Joe Biden. He got nailed again. He said something really stupid in front of another caucus over in um, over in Nevada. And this isn't going to be embraced by the moderates, the independents, or the conservatives. But the kicker is, this isn't going to be embraced. This wasn't embraced by the left. Listen to this, and then we'll get to the re uh, retraction, or we'll get to uh, the response to it. Legalize all the DACA students. These DACA students are more Americans than most Americans are. Now, when you sit back and you tell Americans that they are less an American than an illegal alien, that's going to be a problem. I'm for DACA. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely agree with him. I agree with DACA. I think there are kids that have been here since they were little kids. They don't know Mexico. They've never been to Mexico. They can't leave the America and come back. But when you sit back and say, well, that DACA recipient, that illegal alien is more of an American than American. I'm not buying this crap. And neither is home. Uh, uh, Jorge Ramos from um, the Mexican station out here, Universidad or whatever it's called. Listen to Ramos absolutely tear Biden up about the imprisoning, the jailing, the putting kids in cages during the Obama administration. He basically called him out on his hypocrisy. That, that is fine, but I'm, the problem Except is the with, with deportations. Most of the people that you deported uh, didn't have a criminal record. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. But I was, said. So, so was, that, was that wrong? Because you haven't... Uh, many think, people are expecting you to, to apologize for that, to say that, uh, that it was wrong. I think it was a big mistake. took too long to get it right. A big mistake. Mistake, yeah. But it took too long to get it right. But to compare, look, you had the last two administrations deport twice as many people as we deported. Twice as many. But, but your administration no, deported three million people more than ever. No, 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 because you had more people deported in the... In the W administration, Bush and the Clinton administration. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, but the Five numbers that I got from the Department of Homeland Security, well, uh, you deported more than 3 million people, 1.7 of them with no criminal record. Well, I, but there were 5 million people deported in the, in the Bush administration and more than that in the, in the administration of, uh, of uh, uh, Clinton. I got to check it, those it, numbers, but so far. What, but the what point I, is, it was too many. It was too many. And more, it took more too than long. ever. I didn't, you keep saying that, but that's not the numbers I've seen. Uh, not I'm, the I'm, I'm, I'm Whether it's just, more than ever or not, it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. It was a mistake, and it took too long to get it right. It took too long to get it right.
The numbers right. that I have is that in your administration, uh, in the Obama you said it 17 times. I get it all, all right. Buddy. Okay. I let get me, it. Let me, so, but so. let's assume it was. It was a mistake to deport that many. Look, and mm -hmm. most of the deportions are people who came across the border and were sent immediately back. Here's the problem with Biden. He doesn't have any balls. It really is that simple. You know, I'm sorry. If you are breaking the law, you come in this country illegally and you're deported, whether you've committed a crime in this you have committed a crime in this country by coming over. You're not legally supposed to be here. You've committed a crime. They send you back. And it is a felony. It is a felony to come over here illegally. But all Biden has to say, yeah, well, they were illegal. We sent them back. Now, what I, I like, and I don't like Jorge Ramos. I think Jorge, Jorge Ramos is a globalist and he wants all uh, Central and uh, Central Mexicans, Central Americans and South Americans to be able to just prance into this country. But but the reality is Biden, be a moderate, just sit there and say, hey, if you don't come here the right way, no, you're not going to be allowed here. It's that simple. Okay, we deported three million. The other administration administration deported two million. Who cares? We did. Why are you apologizing for it? No one is saying what he did was wrong. As a matter of fact, who was wrong was the Obama administration for reversing their policy in the middle of one of the most brutal mass migrations in American history. It's absolutely terrible. So I want to wish a Jew to Joe Biden because he is absolutely 100% done. Um, and Elizabeth Warren because she's just a liar and everyone sees she's a liar, even though she'd be really fun to stay in. And let's talk about who's going to probably end up the president in 2020, Donald Trump. He had an... He had an awesome weekend, uh, which followed a pretty iffy week. And But I think this Sunday, he nailed it. So let's start. He decided on Saturday night saying he was going to be at the Daytona 500. First race of the year, biggest race of the year in Florida. And he had, there was a rumor that he was going to take the presidential limousine better known as the Beast, a 22,000-pound armored, armed vehicle. I mean, this thing has smoke canisters and RPGs on it. This is this is an honest-to-God car. This is a real car. I wish I lived in a place that was like that car. So he said, I'm going to take the Beast around the uh, track. He's going to make it. He's going to lap the track in the beast. I thought this could be really awesome. And this sounds pure Trump. Well, let me tell you something. I, I, I watched all this and I could not believe what I was actually seeing. I, Donald Trump is the greatest showman on earth without a doubt. So the first thing he does, he buzzes the Daytona Speedway in the, uh, presidential airplane, Air Force One, buzzes it. He was 800 feet above the actual, um, the actual roadway. 
People were going absolutely ape. Then he gets in the car. Of course, it lands. It they're only they're a little bit away. They get there, and then President Trump does something really smart. He has a very short couple of minutes speech, and then he does the amazing. Well, wait a minute. Let's listen to his speech. I'll have to describe the amazing because there's no no audio in the amazing. So let's listen to what Donald Trump had to say. Now we approach the moment that you've all been waiting for. Soon the cars will take to the track for the start. Tires will screech. Rubber will burn. Fans will scream. And the great American race will begin for 500 heart-pounding miles, these fierce competitors will chase the checkered flag, fight for the Harley J. Earl Trophy, and make their play for pure American glory. And that's what it is, pure American glory. Now, I know you couldn't hear that last part, but that was basically Trump saying, start your engines. After the engines were started, Trump got into the beast and he rode, he drove for one lap in front of all the cars, in front of the pace cars. He didn't go on the track because the track has like some 60 or 70 degree angle and he has to keep a certain speed at that angle. He drove around that track with those folks, pulled over, the green flag went out. The race started. It was awesome. It was vintage Trump. And the crowd went absolutely nuts. Of course, it's Florida. They love them in Florida. And they're race people. They love race people. Uh, it was fantastic. The only tragedy is that it rained out on Sunday and they actually had to do the race on Monday. I still don't know who won. But it, it's just vintage Trump. But with the bad Trump comes, with the good Trump comes the bad Trump, and Trump had some bad things. Listen, I've said this about 500 times. All Trump has to do is not be crazy, stay off of Twitter, and he wins the 2020 election. Trump is so far ahead right now that all he has to do is not act crazy. Well, he has a real hard time. I would give my left arm for Twitter to ban Trump because then he would have no problems get, uh, winning the next election. He just can't do it. So what happened this week? Roger Stone, who was a confidant of uh, Donald Trump, was actually convicted, I think, of six crimes, including obstruction, tampering with a witness, lying to, con lying to uh, authorities, things like that. And they recommended nine years. Now, nine years is very extreme. Well, Donald Trump decided at two in the morning to sound off on this. Why this guy's up at two in the morning, which is five in the morning my time, he decided to say, not fair, not fair, not fair, not fair, really unfair, my hair is good. Maybe his hair wasn't done up or something, but he decided to scream about it. Now, 
Bill Barr was actually putting in a request to say, no, we are not going to do this sentence. The sentence is too extreme. Rapists don't get nine years. This guy lied to a bunch of people. He told a couple people not to testify. That's what he did. Nine years was really extreme. And considering this guy is like 77 years old, nine years is a death sentence. So it's really overdone. And Bill Barr said, it's overdone. We're going to sit there and take away that request. Now, here's the thing. All the judge has to do is make a decision. The judge is going to make a decision. So Trump isn't interfering with anything. Barr isn't interfering with anything. No one's interfering with anything. But the Democrats threw an absolute hissy fit saying that this was obstruction. You know, here's two things. The judge could sentence him to 20 years. Oh, well, the maximum. He could sentence him to nine years, which is the maximum. Or the judge can sentence him to parole. Or Trump, likewise, can sit back and commute his sentence. Or Trump could pardon him. Trump tweeting something is not, does, it does not make policy. It's stupid. All the Democrats are flipping out and now they want an investigation with Barr and Barr is like, whatever. But here's one thing. Trump's tweet is making Barr's job harder. And he said it. And he called the president out on it. To have public statements and tweets made about the department, uh, about uh, our people in the department, our, our men and women here, about cases pending in the department, and about judges before whom we have cases, uh, make it impossible uh, for me to do my job and to assure the courts and the prosecutors in the, in the department uh, that we're doing our work with integrity. Mr. Barr, the president uh, does not like to be told what to do. He may not like what you're saying. Are you prepared for those ramifications? Of, of course, as I you know, said during my confirmation, uh, I came in to serve as attorney general. Uh, I am responsible for everything that happens in the department, but the thing I have most responsibility for are the issues that are brought to me for decision. And I will make those decisions based on what I think is the right thing to do, and I'm not going to be bullied or influenced by anybody. And I said at the time, whether it's Congress, newspaper, editorial boards, or the president, I'm going to do what I think is right. The president has a lot of allies. Bill Barr is definitely one of them. He's the most honest guy in the world. And he calls things out just like the president does. So, Mr. President, stay the Frick off of Twitter. And of course, the president later tweeted, um, you know, I have nothing but the most respect and confidence in William Barr. That's great. Stay off of Twitter. Everything will work out. And if it doesn't work out, you've got all the power to commute or pardon anybody. Roger Stone does not deserve nine years in prison. Everyone knows this, including Bill Barr, which six hours later, he said that. And even lost four prosecutors because of it. He does not care. Well, um, that's it. So you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can listen or download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. 
And you can read all of the show notes, see all of the videos at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.